Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. Hi friends. So we are in the middle of a mini-series about coaching teams and how to start with yourself to improve your own leadership so that your teams become more effective, so that they become places where everyone thrives, so that they become resilient. Starting with yourself is within your sphere of influence and perhaps even control. And so that's what we're talking about. And today we're going to dig into what you can do as a coach or team leader when you get emotionally activated in a conversation or a team meeting. Before we dive into this episode, I do want to thank Myra M for being a friend of the podcast. And if you are listening and you would like to become a friend of the show, then please click on the link in the show notes that says support us. All right, so let's get into this episode. Now, this episode is for you if you are ever triggered or emotionally activated in a conversation or in a team meeting, and if you want some tips on what to do in those moments, and if you would like to have a challenge activity for this week to explore what you can do. So as I said in last week's episode, it is critical when you are a team leader to think about building your team's emotional intelligence. That's something that I write about in The Art of Coaching Teams. It's something that we guide participants through learning about and practicing in our Art of Coaching Teams workshops. You got to start with yourself. If you haven't heard that episode yet, you might want to go listen to that either now or afterwards. Okay, let me start off with a little story about myself. Many years ago, when I facilitated school-based teams, people's behavior would get under my skin during a meeting and I would react right there. And it wasn't pretty. So maybe a teacher would arrive late to a department meeting and she'd walk in and I'd glare at her and then I'd stop looking at her altogether. I'd make a little note to tell the principal what time she came in, glancing at the clock, making sure she noticed. Might make some kind of snarky comment to her. Maybe this sounds familiar to you. Maybe you've seen someone take these kinds of passive aggressive behaviors you know, none of that made me feel any better. Maybe it discharged a little bit of irritation in the moment, but it didn't actually make me feel better. It did not help our team and it didn't help us learn together. So after a while, I did learn some strategies to respond in the moment when I was feeling emotionally activated, I learned first to recognize that I was being activated and I could say to myself something like, ah, I'm feeling triggered by that behavior. And then I learned to take a breath, maybe to use some self-talk and to move on. And yes, those strategies did help. I actually did start feeling a bit better. I did become a more effective team leader, but... Actually, what I was doing wasn't enough. It really wasn't. 
And I'm going to come back to that in a moment. So as a team leader now, there are still things that do get me intensely emotionally activated. There are things that people do that trigger me. I'm going to come back to telling you about my own journey in this in a few minutes. I still am a leader in progress. I'm still learning. I'll tell you what I've learned about my emotional activation. But before we get into that, I want to kind of step back and actually define what it means to be emotionally activated. And I am going to give you some tips for how to respond in those moments when you recognize that you're triggered. The first thing I actually want to define is what I'm talking about. And so when we talk about triggers, we're talking about experiences of being emotionally activated. And actually that term emotional activation is really a better term to use than trigger. The word triggered was originally used to describe what someone is feeling when they're being reminded of a very difficult experience or an event in their life, an experience or event that may have resulted in trauma. But what's happened is that a lot of people have come to use the word triggered to mean like they're slightly offended or they're a little bit upset. Like when people say things like, I was really triggered that they put mayonnaise on my sandwich. So using the word triggered when you're not really talking about trauma trivializes what people who experience trauma actually go through. So that's one reason to not use it or use it less. But I also want to say that this is kind of complex because sometimes people feel like they are experiencing some kind of minor upset, even like, you know, mayonnaise on the sandwich, but actually there's something deeper and more painful below that superficial response. So they might actually be experiencing the reverberations of a trauma but without the awareness that that's what's going on because it can be unconscious, that response. So maybe someone who is triggered by mayonnaise and kind of makes light of it, maybe they actually did have some kind of terrifying experience in which mayonnaise played a role and maybe they don't remember it or maybe they're even trivializing it for themselves. So we want to be thoughtful about using the term triggered when we're not talking about mental health, and we want to be considerate about the circumstances we're using it in. But in addition to all of that, a valid reason to not use it so much is that our language has so many military and gun references and metaphors, phrases like shoot from the hip, or pull the trigger, or I was really working under the gun. When we use that kind of language, we're normalizing militarism. We incorporate it into our consciousness. That's not something that I want to do. So anyway, most of the time I use the phrase emotionally activated, but sometimes I do intentionally use the word triggered because for me, it does have a stronger visceral response and actually does help me to recognize my experiences of trauma. Okay, why do we get emotionally activated or triggered? In the Art of Coaching Workbook, 
there's an activity in there and I wrote, like it or not, there's a good chance you'll feel triggered in a coaching conversation now and then. This is simply because you are a human being and humans have emotions. So that's what I wrote back in 2020. And now I disagree with what I wrote in that book. Because now I understand that when we are emotionally activated, it's because we've got some unhealed pain that is calling for our attention. And we all have unhealed pain. So yes, humans have emotions, but when we experience emotions in maybe what might be called like a really clear way or a complete way, those emotions pass through us quickly, like in 60 to 90 seconds. That's what the experts say. And this is actually something I talked about in last week's episode. But when we're activated, that means that the emotion is stuck or it's getting caught or it's stirring things up. And it's actually a way that our system is trying to alert us to the fact that we've got an old ache that we need to pay attention to, that we need to heal from. So now I want to take a little bit of a detour and talk about trauma. I want to define trauma because I think that trauma affects the great majority of us on a daily basis. And I should say, this is not just a thought I have. There's lots of people writing about trauma, talking about trauma. So given that trauma seems to be something that affects the great majority of us, I want to offer you some basic information. I did not know about this until recently, and it's really fundamentally shifting the way that I coach, the way I lead the way I understand myself. So in the show notes, you're going to find a link to a book that I read in 2022 that I think was the most important book I have read in a very long time. It's called The Myth of Normal, and it's written by Gaber Mate. I want to share a few things that I learned in that book about trauma because it's connected to why we get activated and what we can do. Again, just a little bit of information here embedded in this episode. So Gaber Mate writes, trauma is primarily what happens within someone as a result of the difficult or hurtful events that befall them. It is not the events themselves. Trauma is not what happens to you, but what happens inside of you. So he says, you know, think about a car accident and someone gets a concussion. The accident is what happened. And then the injury is what lasts. So here's another quote. He writes, likewise, trauma is a psychic injury lodged in our nervous system, mind and body lasting long past the originating incidents triggerable at any moment. It is a constellation of hardships composed of the wound itself and the residual burdens that our woundedness imposes on our bodies and souls, the unresolved emotions they visit upon us, the coping mechanisms they dictate, the tragic or melodramatic or neurotic scripts we unwittingly but inexorably live out, and not least the toll these take on our bodies. 
So in this book, one of the things he's writing about a lot is the connection between physical illness and trauma. One more little piece of information to note, he describes and talks about what he calls capital T trauma, which are the things that we typically think about as trauma, people being in a war, a child being abused, violence in the family, the loss of a parent. And he says those are things that happen to people that should not have happened. And then he talks about another kind of trauma, which has sometimes been called small t trauma. And this can include things like bullying by peers or the casual but repeated harsh comments of a well-meaning parent or even just a lack of sufficient emotional connection with nurturing adults. So he says these experiences that we might think about as little or ordinary events have long-lasting impact on us. Finally, I just want to give you one more definition here. There's another researcher, author, Bessel van der Kolk, who wrote a book called The Body Keeps the Score, and he says, this is a real simple one, trauma is when we are not seen and known. And I got to tell you, I have not met a lot of people who feel like they were really seen and known, especially when they were children, which is when we don't have the cognitive capacities to understand all the confusing stuff that goes on around us. That is all to say, there's a lot of people experiencing trauma, big T, little t. Again, I'm finding it incredibly useful to understand myself and other people, to understand how to coach, how to lead. So let me come back to the topic here of being emotionally activated in a conversation or a team meeting. You need to pay attention to when you are emotionally activated, and then you need to see if you notice patterns. And if those moments of being emotionally activated are true or you experience them in both a personal and professional context, then you really deserve to explore whether there is some underlying trauma to pay attention to, to heal from. So here's coming back to this story about myself. Here's what I learned about myself. I can develop really effective coping mechanisms to deal with symptoms. So I learned how to stop myself from being triggered by people who arrive late to meetings. But really what I'm understanding is I probably just suppressed that discomfort. So I told myself things like, I'm being triggered, I shouldn't be triggered, but it actually took me many more years to look deeply at the root cause of this emotional activation and to recognize the traumas that I need and deserve to heal from that are at the root. So now I can recognize like a dozen things that really used to trigger me at work. You know, people arriving late or not completing work on time or talking behind my back. And now I see my own stuff at the root. I'm starting to see, I should say, the core wounds. I can see my own traumas, which is why I am loving therapy so much right now because I'm discovering pathways into my own healing. And I'm not just using strategies to like cope with or maybe suppress the situation. It feels almost like I'd learned how to staunch the bleeding, but I was still bleeding. Now I'm getting down to the root. So 
as I do this, I am noticing week after week, I'm noticing that I'm truly less activated. And that could be activated by my husband or friend or teammate, or even activated by my own thoughts, because I can trigger myself, I'll say. Okay, so that said, let's talk about what you can do in the moment when you feel emotionally activated. Because yes, I think everybody should go to therapy. And I know it's also going to take time to dig into the underneath stuff and to get down to those core wounds. That is going to take some time. And tomorrow, when you're in a team meeting and someone says one of those things that people do that really gets under your skin or you recognize you're emotionally activated, what can you do? So what can you do when you are emotionally activated? What can you do in the moment? And I got three steps for you. Step one is notice. So the first step is to recognize that it's happening. And lots of times we get emotionally activated. We don't even know it. Some ways that you might be able to recognize is by tuning into your body. Because your body does give you cues. You might feel physically uncomfortable. You might get a stomach ache or a little headache or, you know, whatever your body does when it's distressed. Your thoughts might tell you that you're emotionally activated. Maybe you start judging the other person. Maybe you're thinking things like, I can't believe she's saying that again. Or why is he even on this team? Who put him here? You might think things like, are they saying this just to get a reaction from me? And then, you know, tuning into your emotions. Your emotions can let you know that you're activated. Maybe you notice a surge of irritation or fear or disgust. So in those moments, the first step is to say, oh, I'm activated. It's really critical to do this without judging yourself. Not like, damn it, I'm activated again. Or what's wrong with me? Why am I triggered so often? But just noticing and actually like, oh, I'm activated. If you can include a little bit of kindness towards yourself, that's like you get extra points. A little bit of like, oh, okay, I'm activated. Step two is to pause. When you notice that you're activated, taking a deep breath really helps. It has a profound physiological effect on us. In that pause, you might also try using self-talk to bring yourself down a little bit. You know, you can say things like, stay in the conversation, be here now, be kind to yourself and others. Finding the short phrases, the words that work to kind of just dial you down just a little bit to make you feel a little calmer. And then also important in this phase is to take a moment to see if you can name the emotions that are rising. If you can say, oh, I'm feeling fear. And guess what? A lot of the time when we are emotionally activated, we are feeling fear. So pay attention to fear. But you might also be feeling anger. You might be feeling shame. You might be feeling sadness. You might be feeling all of those. Just noting it. And in that moment, you can also say to yourself, wow, I'm noticing anger and I'm committing to myself that I'm going to come back to that later and explore that. Because if you can make that promise to yourself, it's likely that you'll be more able to re-enter the conversation or to be in that team meeting and know that you're not just brushing those feelings aside. So in step two, this is where you take a pause 
And that might be a deep breath, might be self-talk, might be naming, labeling the emotions that are coming up for you and making a commitment to explore those emotions later. All right, so then you're back in the meeting or you're in the conversation. Step three is to investigate. And typically that needs to happen at some later moment. So you can do this on your own, although I'm going to make another plug in a moment for finding someone to help you investigate those emotions, but you can do this on your own. So you can begin digging into the fear, the sadness, the anger, the shame. In the show notes, you're going to find a link to a resource that will help you do that. It's from the Onward Workbook and it's called What Gets Under My Skin. And that can help you begin to get insight into what gets you activated. So... I'm coming back to what I said earlier that almost everyone has unhealed pain. I mean, I just have not met anyone yet who doesn't have unhealed pain. So maybe those people are out there, but I have not met them or heard about them. And again, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, as well as last week, I'm really feeling lately like I'm a super big fan of therapy. Yes, three or five years ago, I would not have been as enthusiastic as I am now of therapy. I've been talking about this in places like my newsletter, but because of my own recent experiences, I now can see how everybody can benefit from therapy. I know it can feel really hard to find a good therapist. I looked for years. I know it can feel hard to find someone that you connect with or to find people who are using modalities that work for you. There's lots and lots of different kinds of modalities in therapy now. So yeah, it does take time and energy and money to find someone and to engage in therapy. I totally recognize the privilege in there and it's invaluable because yeah, you can learn strategies to minimize the emotional activation you might experience. You can breathe, you can notice, you can regulate, but unless you dig into the root causes of the fear, the anger, the shame, sadness, whatever's coming up for you, you're going to be using a lot of energy to manage your triggers. And speaking for myself again, I've decided that I want to have that energy back to use for writing books or creating things or connecting with others or just seeing the hummingbirds outside of my office or facilitating a team that gets really good work done. Going back for just a moment to Gaber Mate, he writes, trauma until we work it through keeps us stuck in the past, robbing us of the present moment's riches, limiting who we can be. I'm all about who we can be. I aspire to fully be in the present moment. The strategies that I just talked about can be an invaluable part of how you respond to emotional activation. And there's more for you to do if and when you want. So for this week, I'm encouraging you to note the things that get you emotionally activated. That's your challenge for this week. Just note what gets you emotionally activated and extension activity, plan for how to respond to those things. In the show notes, you're going to find a couple of resources to support you in this challenge. And of course, the extension activity is to take the next steps 
to dig deeper into what's at the root of your emotional activation. Because once again, you deserve healing. All right, friends, that's it for this episode of the Bright Morning Podcast, which is produced by Leslie Bickford and Stacy Goodman does the sound engineering. Take care, everyone.